This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me free. Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio, and thank you for joining us. I want to start this show by reading from an article I read just this last week, and it was about a question that got asked to a group of mothers, and I'll pick it up here where it begins. Hey, moms, one lady has asked this question. She says, hey, moms, do you watch porn? Do you watch it alone or with your partner? And then the article uh, keeps going and says, this was the question asked in the mom group. It received an overwhelming response from many moms, some too shy to comment publicly. One mom admitted she had become addicted to watching pornography when she was pregnant. She watched it every day and suddenly lost the urge as soon as she gave birth. The fatigue of pregnancy and the awkwardness of sexual positions led many women to consider other avenues for sex and their partners. Pornography is one such option. One of the moms in the group said she watched porn while alone at home. When I'm alone home, when I'm, when I'm home alone, it's a party, she said. But with others, the guilt of fantasizing about other men while watching pornography and masturbating has led to other women halting their consumption completely. One mom said, I stopped. It's been almost two years now. I disliked how my imaginations were overridden by the visuals that I saw in pornography. I disliked missing my own husband so much that I mentally replaced him with images and desires of another man that I have never met. And so I think a lot of times we think of pornography as a man's problem or a man's issue, and and as we've kind of got into poor, this is not just a man's issue. This is a lot of, there are a lot of women who are getting hooked on this stuff too. And I don't think most of them have, most of us think about young mothers who have small kids watching pornography, but the idea here is to keep the awareness open that this issue has affected both genders in the church, and we need to provide answers. We need to provide clarity. It has to be opened up, and we have to keep providing answers. We have to equip them. We have to show them the way out. So on that note, two weeks ago, I had Laura Graber on the show, and she's a wife whose husband uh, struggled with pornography, and she shared her story, their story, and uh, we have her back on the show today. And welcome back, Laura. Thank you, Mike. And so I want to kind of pick up on a few points from your story. First, I really, really appreciated how you share from the heart. That's usually that's what we always look for here and what is real and what is true. And 
You had mentioned at one point that in your journey in the early in the early months and years that you didn't quite have the tools to know how to combat what you're going through as a wife and the fear and the triggers and the temptations. What what do those tools look like today for the wife who's struggling in this area where her husband has the addiction? Well, there's I think it differs um, from individual to individual. Um, but there was a couple things that was huge for me um, from working with Raising Grace as a ministry and just being able to have communication with you all. Um, and one of the, the biggest things for me was to realize, like, I'm not crazy and I'm not alone. You know, there are other people who have walked through this and are walking through this, and there's help and hope for me as the wife. Um, that was something that, that is really was really big for me, as it seemed like most times when we would talk or, or share a story or open up to people about it, like most people always focused on my husband and his addiction, and I would sit there in silence, um, you know, because that was the subject was him and his addiction. And for the longest time, I felt like I was crazy for feeling, you know, all these emotions or all this anger or just loneliness or mistrust or whatever all words you could put to it. Um, so that was huge for me to realize that I'm not alone and, and that it's you can walk through this and it is doable because of Christ. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the tools especially was um, reaching out, not isolating, and being able to have people to walk with you. That was a huge tool. And um, also another thing was just to be able to be honest with God. You know, even if I didn't feel that love toward my husband or um, feel like he even deserved any respect or even want to respect him or whatever frame of mind that I was in or emotionally, um, that I could just be honest with God on that. And then the third was, was really big for me, and that was to realize that I can't fix my husband nor his addiction. Um, that was a great tool that Sandy from Blazing Grace helped me see that this journey is also about me um, and dealing with what's going on inside of me, and I cannot, I can't be the perfect wife or be good enough for my husband to quit his addiction. Because for the longest time, I um, I lost myself in trying to be the perfect wife or, you know, the perfect person. So maybe he would stop, you know, maybe that would encourage him to, to walk away from it. And, and if I failed, I would just, uh, it was utter discouragement and, and despair because, well, now he's probably, you know, going to go back to pornography because and it'll be my fault. Um, so those were a couple of things. I, I call them tools that when I find myself sliding um, in some areas that I can go back to those and, and stand on those truths and, and tools of just being able to um, process and work through um, things on, on my side of the journey. You mentioned being honest with God. Does that also mean getting angry with Him? Yes, yes. And, and, and saying the things that um, some people would gasp. You know, if you would tell him, like, hey, I told the Lord this, but that it, it took me a while 
um, I knew I could do that, but it took me a while, and I, and I had to reach this level of desperation. Till one day, I remember, I just I was on the bathroom floor, just sobbing, and I just I just started telling God like how I actually feel about Him and about my husband and about my marriage and about my life. I mean, I just I was just spewing things. I mean, it was I don't even know what all I said, but some of the things I said were just you know raw as parts of my heart, and and to be able to just tell God, you know, I, I've i been praying, like, I have been seeking you, like, I, I don't know which way to turn, and it feels like you're silent, like, like, what is happening, like, why is this happening, just being able to voice those things, and not, not feel like there's, um, like, this demer, or this, like, I don't know, this facade that I need to, to have when I'm, when I'm with the Lord, and that was, that was huge for me. Mm. And how do you think he received that? I I think he, he, well, I know that he knew it was all in my heart before I even said it. He he knew exactly where I was at. Um, he could see my pain. He knows my pain. And he knew that I was having a hard time even expressing it to him. And he, he wanted me. He wants you to share those things with him. Mm. It was just it's instant peace. It feels like afterwards to just come to God and be able to just share whatever it may be, no matter how awful or angry or, or terrible your thought was or your emotions are to, to share that. He, he wants that. Well, and from what I know of you, I don't see you as attacking God. It was just like, Hey, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and just feeling lost, like, for the longest time, well, and that's also where Satan, um, Satan had a heyday with that, because when it felt like, like my prayers weren't answered for my husband to walk away from his addiction, it felt like Satan swooped in there immediately with all these doubts of, you know, like, God is silent, or, or God is punishing you somehow, or there's something you are doing wrong, you know, just all these lies and, and doubts, so it was it was a turning point for me when I could be honest with God and, and get be direct with God on those things instead of, yeah, sitting mm. back and letting the enemy see these lies. Do you think that there is a perception among Christians that we have to be meek little mice that never express ourselves like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. There was... Um, several times that I reached out to, um, like, a pastor or someone in the church or another fellow believer um, and tried to share the rawness and the honesty of where I was at because I felt this desperation that I needed help, like I needed someone to help me. And there was there was several times that I, I was corrected, so to speak, um, I, I was pretty much told they didn't say the words, but yet they did say the words of I'm in the wrong for feeling this way. You know, um, as a wife, I should, I should be feeling this way or I should be, you know, I should be being respectful. I should be investing in my husband and, and think of him in a positive light and, you know, just, you know, not withhold sex and just all these things, um, you know, that are biblical to an extent, you know, and I, and I'm, I'm all for, um, 
scripture and, and applying scripture to your marriage and being obedient to the Lord and to his word. Like that is, I'm all for that. But there is a time and a place when it feels like your, your heart's been tore open and, and something has happened, like another round of pornography or something, to where you just need someone to walk with you and help you with your emotions, not someone to come alongside you and say, hey, you're making me uncomfortable with your honesty, so just, you know, pretend you're okay, or um, this is not how you should feel, because it's not how a good Christian should feel, so there's probably something wrong with you, and, you know, I don't know, it was it was difficult, especially, um, there came a time when I felt like I needed to detach myself from my husband, because A, I was, I was unhealthy and trying to be the perfect wife, and B, I finally realized that his addiction is about him and his wounds. Um, I, I can't change it. I can't fix it. I can't help him. I, I needed to detach myself. And that, for me, meant um, stepping back in areas as a wife, just even emotionally or, or different ways of just kind of stepping back and taking time for me. And I had other Christians tell me like that is um, unhealthy, or I'm being selfish, or I'm you know I'm not there for my husband. I'm not helping him through things. So I definitely I cringe to see um, Christians wanting people to be a certain way. Mm. I think actually I honestly think it makes some people uncomfortable, and that's why they want people to keep their um, their dimmer. You know, yeah, <laughs> I think it makes them uncomfortable, unfortunately. So in these conversations, did the fact that your husband was committing adultery with pornography, did that not register to the to the people you were talking to? I, I think it did, I mean, to an extent, but I think unless you have experienced it to an extent, I feel like people don't understand the devastation and the, the anguish that it creates for, for the spouse or even for the one in the addiction. There's such, there's a large amount of turmoil and and things going on, and I feel like some people view it as, you know, you might have said a little white lie about something, and, um, you know, you talk about it, you work through it, and you forgive each other, and you move on. You know, I don't think they quite understand that's what I always told myself like they might not fully understand what sexual sin does to a marriage and and does to a, a couple walking through it but yet in that I've I've wondered um not acknowledging like it felt to me like I even had someone tell me well at least he's not committing adultery you know uh-huh. <laughs> at least he's not having an affair and and for me, it was like in a way that'd be easier. So at least you know you could you could move to another state, or you could you could get away from from that woman. This way, it was you know all these different avenues of of pornography that there's really no way to get away from. Mm. And yeah. Well, and we hear these uh, otherwise say these things too that they're given. Uh, they're told, well, if you just gave more sex, or if you just did X, Y, or Z, or you just need to be quiet. We've, we've heard that, and to me, that is pretty much borderline spiritual abuse because what it's really saying to the wife is, your heart doesn't matter. You just need to choke on this and deal with it. Wow. Wow. 
I agree. And so how does a wife even have a prayer at, you know, finding <laughs> finding help when she's getting that from church leadership or from good friends and then that can become a challenge yeah. finding safe people, I would imagine. Yeah. It was it was really hard for me um to find like that is why Blazing Grace is so dear to me because I had tried for like a year and a half to reach out to friends or even family, um, like people, like other Christians that I knew and, and to share. And, and people, like most times they'd be understanding. Um, they would listen, they would care, but that was it. You know, there was no help in how to move forward. Like, what do I do? It was kind of like, you know, yeah, go home now and deal with your life at home. You know, I didn't have to find a place where you can, be honest and open and actually have help and someone walking with you, it, it felt impossible. I'd, I had truly given up that there's anyone out there that understood. I just had decided this was my lot in life, and I just, this is just, yeah, I just have to accept it, which is a terrible, terrible place to be mm. because it's hard to um, see God as a God of, of hope and and of, you know, of miracles and a God who's able and, and anything is possible with him if you feel like you just have to accept the the hell you're living in. Mm. It was, yeah. You talked about struggling with the idea that you were crazy. How could a wife whose husband is the one who's committing the sin, why, why would she feel like she's crazy? Well, for me... A lot of it was, you know, if I did open up to people, like it seemed it made them uncomfortable or they weren't sure how to respond or they would tell me something that I need to change about myself. So that automatically like registered in my brain as, as I'm, I'm crazy. You know, I'm not normal because if I'd be normal, like I'd be able to handle this. I'd be able to, to work through this in the proper way. Um, so that was, that felt like, part of where I got that message. And I also feel like the enemy just, you know, like times when my husband would um, fail in his purity and, and watch pornography, I there was all this like rage and, and anger and denial and justification. And then next you were trying to to help him, you know, and, and put aside your own feelings. And there was just like this turmoil, like this ball of emotions and, Sometimes I would flip from one emotion to the next within seconds. Like, he could tell me that he had watched pornography, and I would just feel this immense devastation. It's like someone had took a knife to my heart, and maybe he would start crying or something, and I just I felt extreme pity for him or compassion for him. And before I knew it, I was trying to encourage him and, and be praying for him and, and trying to speak life in, into him, like be positive and encourage him. And then next I'd be angry all over again, you know, within like five minutes time. Like it just felt like I I didn't even, yeah, I wasn't sane. It felt like I wasn't sane. And looking back now, I can see it was, it was the turmoil of what, of what had happened and how it had affected me. And I didn't know how to, to process or where to turn to process. I was just kind of this ball of emotions all over the place and, that that makes you feel like you're insane. It makes you feel like you're crazy, not being able to, um, how would you say, 
yeah, be able to process and, and to know that you're on the right track or to know which way to turn. So that was probably the biggest thing for me was, yeah. Mm. Do you feel like wives get left out of the conversation when it comes to porn in the church? I do. I do. I We had a revival minister in our church once, and, and he had came, and he was talking with me and my husband, and, and we were talking about, well, mostly him and my husband were talking about our journey and what's been happening. And, and we they talked for probably like an hour and a half or something like that. And after they were finished, um, he looked at me and said, um, he imagines that I have a lot of, of hurt and pain from, from all of this. And I just said, yeah, and I didn't say much. But after they left, I just bawled because I couldn't believe it that someone had actually acknowledged that I might be hurting also, that I might have pain also or be going through something. And it's, I mean, it's just, part of it is just human nature. Like if there's an issue or a problem, we we talk about that, you know, and it feels like it's more like, you know, the pornography would be gone then everything would be okay. But there's there's a whole other spectrum of of people that it affects or things it affects other than just the person in the pornography. So really from what what I've always believed is if we talk about sexual sin or especially pornography from the pulpit, part of the equipping needs to be how do we help the wives to heal too? Would you agree? Yes. Yes. I was shocked when um, I first got to know about Blazing Grace and, and that you had wrote a book um, for wives. Like I just devoured that book because most of the articles or the sermons you would hear were people talking about it. They were all talking about how the one that's addicted, you know, what they need to do to walk through it or, you know, their steps. And there was no one to show me the way of what I needed to do. It was kind of like stabbing in the dark, trying to figure out, you know, try this. Okay, that's not working. I'm going to try this. Okay, that doesn't work. It was, yeah. There was a lot of stabbing in the dark, not knowing which way to turn. So I feel like that, because for a husband to um, heal, Obviously, like the wife needs to also be healing, um, because if not, like it really, I personally in our own journey, I feel like when my husband was walking on his road to recovery and I was still in that turmoil, it was it made it harder for him sometimes to continue walking in recovery when I was all over the place and and wasn't being validated and taken care of. Like once I felt more emotionally stable and and my walk with the Lord was was back and and was better and and thriving. I could even sometimes, you know, be able to reach out to my husband and encourage him and and be there for him and help him on his journey, whereas I couldn't have prior. So I do feel like it's an important step. Um, is for not just the person that has the addiction, but the spouse to have that help and and healing. Mm. So we have a little more than a minute left, and Laura, let's just say a wife comes to you, and she says, "I want to talk to you." What, what would you equip it with? What, what would you, what would you share with her? First of all, I would definitely share um, 
encourage her to to be in prayer, to to seek God, because He's the one that has all the answers and that can give you the strength to walk through things or direct your path. Um, anything that's not done in, in His will and His way is just it's it's not worth it. It never works out. It's yeah, it it's not good. So I would definitely encourage a wife to seek God. And the next step I would say is find a safe person, find someone who can help you, find someone who can walk with you through this and and be praying for you, be walking with you through it, just helping you sort through things and process and be that stable warrior in your life. Mm-hmm. And yeah, those would be the first two things I would definitely encourage any woman, any wife in that position okay. to take those action steps. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.